0: It is Friday, September 18th. Here are the main headlines for today. New research shows that Tylenol, the popular medication used for headaches, may also be influencing your judgment skills, making you more willing to take risks. In fitness research, a systematic review of dozens of different studies show that performing any form of cardio exercise before engaging in a learning activity improves the learning ability and storage in memory. And finally, What are the long-term effects of a global pandemic? We discuss a new report that analyzed pandemic events in history to study the long-term effects after the end of a pandemic event and found that some effects can last up to four decades. All new ideas and discoveries on this episode of Tiger Minds. New discoveries and innovations in science, politics, finance, and culture that direct the course of our future are reported daily in academic journals but rarely make it to the mainstream news. These research journals contain transformative ideas and discoveries from the sharpest minds around the world. In this podcast, we study the research papers and bring you the main ideas, so you stay sharp and prepared to make timely and intelligent decisions. I'm your host, Daniel Fengon. Welcome to Tiger Minds. Good day, everyone. It is Friday. Hope you had a good week. Or. Maybe you did not. Did you wake up with a bad headache this morning? All of this political news and news about COVID-19, when is the vaccine coming, managing school and work from home, all of this is bound to give us a headache. But did you take a Tylenol for that headache? Now, a new research has suggested that Tylenol, while it might be great at dealing with that headache you have, it may also be affecting your judgment skills. It might be altering your risk perception making you willing to take more risks. This study was published in the journal Social, Cognitive and Effective Neuroscience and the scientists showed taking the main active ingredient in Tylenol, acetaminophen, affected risk perception and made people more likely to take risks. Now, the main active ingredient in Tylenol is acetaminophen. It is also the main ingredient in almost 600 other medications. According to a study in 2002, nearly 25% of Americans take this drug every single week. And it is most commonly taken for headaches, so naturally it affects the brain. But the question is how? How does this commonly used medication affect the brain and does it necessarily affect our psychology? and in this experiment about 150 people were randomly assigned to either take the standard extra strength tylenol or a placebo and after this treatment after a certain amount of time the participants were then asked to complete a set of questionnaires that measured how risky or beneficial they thought certain activities were and the objective of this particular task was to test the risk-taking tendencies in these two populations of people who took the Tylenol and the placebo group, and they were tested with a task that is commonly used in psychology lab experiments to test risk-taking tendencies. And what did they find? In the first experiment, they found that it wasn't that the group that took the extra strength Tylenol judged certain circumstances as less risky or beneficial than the placebo group, but that group that took the Tylenol they took more risks than those who didn't take the Tylenol or the acetaminophen. For example, people who took the acetaminophen rated activities like bungee jumping, walking home alone at night in an unsafe area, talking about an unpopular topic at work, starting a new career in your mid-30s, taking a skydiving class. All of these were considered less risky when the people were under the influence of acetaminophen or Tylenol, when they had Tylenol in their system, they rated these activities as less risky than those who did not. Interesting. And the researchers point out that acetaminophen seems to make people feel less negative emotion than when they consider risky activities, they just don't feel as scared. So these kind of events or activities like bungee jumping and walking home alone in an unsafe area might seem like risky activities, when these same people were not under the influence of acetaminophen so this must be scary enough but this was certainly a small effect according to the research team these are subtle effects pushing people maybe 5 to 10 percent more towards risk-taking behavior on an individual basis Acetaminophen won't turn you from risk-averse to thrill-seekers, but acetaminophen is in the hundreds of medications taken by millions of people every day. Now, there are more studies that are being done, but even a slight increase in risk-taking behavior can have substantial consequences. According to the researchers in this paper, they point out that these results have strong real-life implications. For example, In fact, acetaminophen is the recommended treatment by the CDC for initial COVID-19 symptoms. Especially in the context of COVID-19, it might influence how well people adhere to public health advice. As someone takes Tylenol, it is very much possible, given the information what we have now, that while the drug is in their system, getting together with a few friends or forgetting a mask at home that otherwise would seem like a risky activity won't seem all that risky to them now. In fact, we don't need to go as far as COVID-19. Even everyday activities like driving presents us with a lot of decision-making that we do that involves a lot of risk perception and assessment and essentially the influence of acetaminophen could alter our judgment abilities. Now, this study has a lot of other things that need to be considered, including the fact that when you are sick, your body is already in an altered inflammatory state that may also affect your brain. So that is something that needs to be resolved in the study. There will certainly be more research on the effects of acetaminophen and other over-the-counter drugs on the choices and risks we take. Next, we have new research in the fitness field. Now, as you guys know, on this podcast, we always talk about the latest fitness-related research that is not anecdotal advice from some random guy at a gym, but this is peer-reviewed publications. So we don't really need any more new research studies on the link between regular exercise and better brain health. We've been told this many times and we know this. And it's well known and a ton of studies, in fact, published in journals, have demonstrated this. But we are also busy people leading very busy lives. So, what about a single workout? Does a single workout, maybe a cardio or an exercise session, does that affect our brain in any way from an hour to hour basis, how we live our lives? Does a single cardio exercise affect our brain? Now, I will be the first to admit that given a choice between going for a run and finishing up some work, I always think... Let me use my time to finish the work first instead of spending the time going for a quick run. Now, in a new study published in the Translational Sports Medicine Journal, a systematic review of the effects of a single exercise workout on memory and learning functions was studied. And in this report, about 1,000 Young adults between the ages of 18 to 35 participated in anywhere from two minutes to 60 minutes of moderate to vigorous walking, running, or bicycling, and then they were asked to perform cognitive tests that measured their attention, their concentration, working memory, their short-term memory, long-term memory, verbal fluency, and their capability to plan and solve problems. And the scientists concluded from this study that cardio exercise for two minutes to one hour at moderate to high intensity improved everything including attention, concentration, learning, memory function, and this lasted for up to two hours in young adults. So why? Why does a single bout of aerobic exercise, cardio for that matter, improve our cognitive functions for up to two hours? How is that possible? Now, this study definitely did not go into any of that kind of work. However, it makes some speculations about possible mechanisms that might be at play. And the scientists suggest that several mechanisms might potentially explain why acute exercise improves learning and memory immediately right after a workout. Now, none of these proposed mechanisms were directly tested in the study and are largely what we are calling correlational studies. And the scientists speculate that several of these mechanisms for two hours allows you to get a supercharged brain power that is the result of a cardio workout. So, exercising has been shown to increase long-term potentiation, increase in the neurotransmitter dopamine, and in other studies, exercising has been shown to increase can proteins as well as brain derived neurotrophic factors BDNF and there's a bunch of genetic and molecular changes that happen that correlate with the participant or even in animal models doing exercise so this is still an ongoing research into the area since it has broad implications not just to maintain our health but also for identifying therapies for improving our cognitive function so got a test coming up or Have a paper or a report to finish? Put down those books, guys. Do some exercise for two minutes to an hour at medium intensity and get rewarded with a supercharged brain for two hours, making you even more productive. Finally, it is not news that we are in the midst of a historic event in our lifetime. A global pandemic. COVID-19 has gripped the entire world and fundamentally changed the way we do things. Even the simple things like shopping for groceries, how we meet people without handshakes or hugs. Still awkward, I would say, uh, when somebody leans forward to give you a handshake and you're just thinking twice, right? And even wearing of masks in public. These are all new behaviors and there are very noticeable differences in our lifestyle. Even this is not just exclusive to our neighbors or our neighborhood, this is around the world. But with news about vaccines, there has to be an end to this pandemic event at some point, be it via herd immunity or widespread vaccinations. But what happens then? What happens after this pandemic is over? In other words, what are the medium to long-term effects of global pandemics? Now, a new report from the National Bureau of Economics here in the U.S. studied this question using financial data from countries within Europe. And their main claim is that pandemics have effects that last up to decades. Since the 14th century, almost 20 pandemic events have been recorded in history. And in this study, the scientists used the natural rate of interest to find the macroeconomic effects of pandemic events. This particular economic index, known as the natural rate of interest, reflects many aspects of a country's economy, including interest rates, wages, employment rates, and inflation rates. And what they found was that following a pandemic, the natural rate of interest declines for years thereafter reaching an all-time low almost 20 years after the event. But what is even more staggering was that it took almost four decades for it to reach back to the level at which it was supposed to be had a pandemic event not happened. Now, it is well known that after a major financial recession, these rates can be low for 5 to 10 years maybe, and then it bounces back up. But these trends from historical pandemic events showed something much worse, that after a pandemic event, these rates can take a long time to bounce back up. Check out our Instagram page at Tiger Minds Podcast for a graph showing how the trends went to its lowest point 20 years after the pandemic and 40 years later bounced back to the expected level. Now, it is important to note that in this study, they make the point that this trend was not true for every single European country. This study was by no means supposed to indicate what life after COVID-19 is supposed to be. The elements at play during this pandemic are certainly different than in the past. For example, the death toll of COVID-19 relative to the total population might be smaller than even in the worst pandemics of the past, but we cannot know for sure at this point. Secondly, in the early reports, COVID-19 primarily affected the elderly, who are no longer in the workforce, although the recent pickup in infections is now affecting younger individuals as well. And finally, the measures to counter the pandemic, both in terms of governmental resources and investments into developing a vaccine has been much more than in the pandemics in the past. Either way, if the trends play out similarly or not in the wake of COVID-19, then the global economic trajectory will be very different or somewhat different than was expected in the beginning of this year. And that's it for today's episode, folks. Thank you for listening to the Tiger Minds podcast where we bring you new ideas and discoveries on Mondays and Fridays. Please check the show notes for the research publications relevant to the topics we discussed today. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Tiger Minds Podcast for episode previews. I'm Daniel Fengone. See you next time.